Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Just Rant, our most beloved podcast. Today is Wednesday and as you know, it's when we bring out the big guns and with that I mean the guests. In fact, right next to me I have the one and only Miss Jane Austen, straight from the 18th century. As I hope you already know, she is one of the greatest writers of all times to women who created a writing revolution. To all of those who didn't study enough and got a the minus of their literature test, fear no more. For today we will go in deep with her. So just listen to us, call your English teacher up and tell them their reign of terror is over. But now let's make sure it's actually her and not some imposter. You never know, so you were born on the 16th of December of uh, 1775 in Steventon, Do you confirm? I do. All right. Your father was an Anglian parish rector and uh, he was the one to encourage you to read and learn, wasn't he? He also sent you and your sister to a boring school. He was and he did. Okay, last question. You died in 1817 at the age of uh, 41. Is that right? It is, although back in my time it was considered good to bring up a woman's age in a conversation, especially doing so in such a casual manner and with an audience. I can only imagine bringing up one's death should be considered even more so. Yes, I'm sorry about that. Well, I would say that uh, we have confirmed uh, that you are Jane Austen, so let's get on with the interview. Shall we? We are going to start with uh, some soft questions. The first I have here is uh, about your family life, uh, your childhood, uh, if you will. You grew up uh, with uh, seven siblings. Uh, How was it? Do you have a special bond with any of them? It was a good experience for me. In my house in general, we had a very open, amused and easy intellectual attitude where we could discuss our ideas freely and as I was saying earlier, I was encouraged to read and learn by my father. We had our problems, of course. You may know that my brother George, my parents' second born, had to be sent out to be fostered as he was subjected to seizures and he was developmentally disabled. It was such a heartbreak that my parents couldn't take care of him, you know and about that special bond. I wouldn't say I preferred one over the others, but I was very close to Cassandra, as she was my only sister. We were both artists, and we understood each other in a way no one else could. Oh, I was also very close to Henry, and I have many pleasant memories with him. He was, and still is my agent, so I believe you have talked to him about having me here. Oh, yes, yes, uh, Henry, such a nice man, often uh, reinventing himself and his business. I should have him uh, here next Wednesday, shouldn't I? Now, now, next question. We were saying earlier that your father sent you and Cassandra to a boarding school. How would you define that experience? You must have gotten to know many other students. Have they influenced your writing? It was a very fun experience, of course. I learned a lot there, and I don't only mean academically. I got to know more sides of reality beyond my family home, and so that surely influenced me and my writing. I also learned what I liked and what I didn't like about girls' upbringing. It wasn't a very long experience to do. Back then, and even after you returned home, what did you do in your free time? 
I did the things society expected from a young woman. I learned some French, spelling, needlework, dancing, music. A woman needed to look good and respectable in the other society, ever since her youngest age. My father, bless his soul, he always found expensive paper for my writing and drawing. He even let me borrow books he used to tutor the boys. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you choose to write any Muslim, you did so to still be respectable to society, the same way you modeled your interests, and yet you never married them. Was it a conscious choice of yours, or did you just not get the chance? Actually, I did get the chance. I simply turned them down. I was just hoping you'd said that, because I have it uh, written right here, that I should ask you about a certain Irish gentleman, Thomas Lefroy. What's happening between the two of you? Now that I think back to it, I would say that what happened was very close to nothing. He was interested in me, and I even thought he would ask me to marry him, so I wrote to Cassandra about it. However, his interest fizzled away. It was different with Harry's big reader, wasn't it? Because he did propose and you did accept the engagement. And I also broke it the next day. As I often say, happiness in a marriage is entirely a matter of chance. I realized that it wasn't a chance I wanted to take. If the relationship between spouses had been different, more similar to what it is today, then maybe I would have taken it. However, what is in the past is in the past. No sense crying over spilled milk. Mm. You know, I wasn't expecting a bit of a different answer. I thought you didn't want to bound yourself to a man who could forbid you from writing. It was in fact a part of my decision too. Writing was all I knew, I wrote so much about love, yet I don't think I have ever experienced some that wasn't platonic. I think that uh, we write and read about uh, what we wish uh, we could live. Oh, but it is getting too serious too soon. Let's uh, rewind a bit. A nice question, I need a nice question. Uh, this one. Which of uh, your works uh, did you most enjoy writing? Uh, why? Wouldn't it be a shame if I now gave you a very deep and melancholic answer? <laughs> But I don't exactly have a favorite one, you know. At the end of the day, they were all very different from one another. I would say that uh, the one I had uh, more fun writing was uh, No Sangre Abbey. I think it's really amusing. And uh, Mansfield Park was uh, really hard to write as I tried to give even more attention to the psychological side. So when I finished it, I was very satisfied. Had you made it melancholic, I would have literally cried. I'm surprised you didn't mention Pride and Prejudice. It's one of your most famous novels, you know. Did you expect it to blow up in such a way? This may sound a bit morbid, so forgive me for being so blunt. When I was alive, it didn't get so much attention, it surely became more popular afterwards. Oh dear, what a gaff. Sorry, sorry. But since we are already on this dam, which one is your most underrated book, you think? Oh, I'm not sure about this one. If I'm being honest, I must say I thought No Sangerebbe would be more appreciated. And also Lady Susan, which may have been too sexually frank for the time. I also wish I had lived to finish writing Sandition. I think it would have been amongst my most popular works. 
believe me, you are not the only one to wish so. And tell me, which one of all your works was the hardest to write? I never found writing particularly easy and I expected a lot from myself. No one could reach perfection, but I wanted to, to get as close to it as possible. So everything was pretty hard to write. And uh, would you change the things uh, you wrote? Let me clarify. Your style is uh, punctuated by irony, which is more common today than it was back in your time. And also your choice of not getting involved in politics and excluding historical facts from your narration. They have both been criticized. Would you change it now? Honestly, I don't think I would change a thing. I see people around the world understanding what I wanted and needed to say and that's enough for me. And receiving critics isn't such a negative thing, you know? Through critics about me, other people, other writers can learn and grow. It would be hypocritical of me to think that I am perfect and deserve non-negative critics. That's a very mature thing to say, also quite rare. What is the funniest critic you have ever received about yourself? Oh, that's an easy one. I received backlash for naming the handsomest Bennett sister after myself. Although, of course, that wasn't my fate, but only after I died. As if naming her after me automatically made me a shallow woman whose only desire was to be desired. Isn't that silly? It surely is. Although, let's talk about it. Is she your grand character you relate the most to? No, I don't think she is. I also describe her as very sweet, but her father calls her ignorant and silly. Luckily, that's not the relationship I had with my father. I would say that I related the most to Elizabeth. I gave her my belief of only marrying for love. But I have to say that the relationship between Elizabeth and Jane is a mirror of sorts of the one between Cassandra and me. And if there is someone who thinks that I am more similar to Jane than to Elizabeth, then I accept it too. Some also say that you have poured your own struggles into pride and prejudice. Forgive me if I'm too blunt, but in the way you describe the Bennett's financial issues, do you subtly describe your own? In a way, yes. After my father died, actually, even before that, we struggled financially. He was a clergyman, but he wasn't very wealthy. Plus, he had eight children to take care of. Even after they sent little George away, there were still many mouths to feed and it wasn't easy. I was often pressured into thinking that marriage was the only way to save myself from the streets. Especially my mother often told me that. In that way, she was very similar to Mrs. Bennett. She also didn't exceed for her social behavior, but it wasn't only my experience that I was portraying. Many women felt like that. Being a woman back in your time surely wasn't easy. In many ways, it still isn't today. Many people describe you as a feminist. Do you agree with that definition? Well, I surely wasn't meek. I know that many people look back at the things I wrote and they find faults in them. They probably even think that I was downright misogynist. But back then I was a rebel, even a radical. Surely a feminist. I knew what position men thought I should have occupied and I didn't agree with it. I saw my struggles, my mother's, my sister's. I wanted things to change. If I had known how to wield a sword, maybe I would have. But would that have changed anything? Isn't the pen mightier than the sword?
that's a really beautiful thing to say. Do you have any word to spend for those who are facing discrimination today? I can tell you to raise your voice and never let others silence you. Many people will criticize you, but many others will find comfort in what you say and in knowing that you are like them and you can see them, that they aren't invisible. And what about today's uh, writers? What do you want to tell them? Just uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid when you have a star in your head and you have to put it down. Don't be afraid of the feelings you will spark in people's chests with your words. Never be afraid of where your pen will bring you. Earlier I was asking you about your most underrated books. One I personally think isn't appreciated half as much as it should be is A History of England. Indeed you say that history is written by partial, ignorant, prejudiced men. Do you still think that? You know what? I don't think that human nature has changed all that much since my time. Every time we read about history, we must remember that it was written by those who won, and it wasn't always the good guys. Even today, isn't it strange, for example, how native people are described as too weak and trusting, but the colonialists are never too brutal and malicious? I think we should keep that in mind. And about to, to say, writers, some say that you are the world's first uh, greater woman writer. Do you agree? Well, no, I don't. I think that's a misconception we must blame on 19th century men writers and their pride and prejudice, you know. Uh, take Christine de Pizan, for example. She was a household name, she was a female writer, and she did something I didn't have the courage to do, which is signing her name at the end of the page. Do you regret it? Not putting your name down? No, I don't. Honestly, I like the life I lived. I don't think I would have had such peace if my name had been written down. That's understandable. Do you have any regrets at all? It depends on the day, really. I lived a life worth living, so can I really regret anything? Sometimes I wonder whether I would have been happier had I chosen to marry. But that's not even something I regret. I made a choice and I lived with it. I found peace and tranquility is something that made me want to wake up and see the sun. If I were to go back in time, I wouldn't change a thing. That's, that's very beautiful. Thank you so much for being here with me. It was an honor. We should schedule another meeting or another few thousand. You were incredible. Thank you so much. Likewise, being here was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And on this note, we must finish today's episode. Thank you to everyone who tunes in. And remember to call up your English teacher and schedule that literature test.